and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Yeah, man, happy to be here. I think this is going to be a, uh, a a pretty fun game, and it looks like it's going to be pretty important, too. Well, for both teams, and it's actually funny because uh, the last time they played each other was pretty early in the season. It was on the Blazers' uh, early season road trip where they went 4-2, and two, and they came home from that trip 9-3, and three, and they were one of the top teams in the West, and I think at that point New Orleans was also one of the top teams in the West, and... I think people were maybe like feeling like the Pelicans were more of a serious contender than the Blazers were. I think people more saw what has happened to the Blazers season coming than the Pelicans season. But now, you know, we're looking at not just the game tomorrow, but they play each other again in New Orleans in a couple of weeks. And then again here at the end of the month. So they play each other three times in the month of March, basically. And instead of being something that determines, you know, playoff seeding and playoff matchups and all of that, these games might determine which of these teams is in the play-in and which one isn't. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the the Pelicans are are down bad right now. I mean, you know, Zion is going to be out for a few more weeks still. It's kind of the same old story. Mm-hmm. There was a setback. No idea when he'll be back. You know, they their problem right now is they just they just can't score the ball without him. I mean, their offense is in hell right now. They just put up ninety three points against the Orlando Magic on on Monday night scored two points in the final four minutes of the game. And, you know, they still have Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, you know, basically the same cast of role players that they, that they did last spring when they made that, that run to the playoffs. But the results look a lot different right now. Why can they not? Because you, you just named, like, they've got guys. CJ, obviously, who we know very well in Portland. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some CJ stuff later on. But uh, him and Ingram, like, you've, if you've got those two, I mean, it kind of reminds me, honestly, of the Bulls where, like, you have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. Why do you have a bottom half offense in the league? It, it kind of feels like that's what's going on with the Pelicans right now. It's it's really confusing. I mean, they're they're 25th in offense since Zion went down in, in early January. Um, I mean, Ingram and CJ are not shooting it as well from mid-range this year as they did last year. CJ in particular, I think, is, is struggling right now. You know, I think it's fair to wonder how much of that is uh, a right thumb issue he's dealing with. You know, he said it's a, a ligament issue. He's wearing kind of a wrap on it. He said he's going to have to get an MRI. Um, and the other part of it, too, is, I mean, the, the starting lineup they've rolled out after the All-Star break, there's not a lot of three-point shooting, not a lot of spacing around those two guys either. I mean, they've been starting Josh Richardson and and Herb Jones. I mean, Herb, incredible defender, but he's taken a step back in offense this year. And, I mean, he just he can't make an outside shot right now. I mean, he's he's really going through it. And, you know, Josh Richardson is like a, a fine role player, but – He's not, uh, you know, they were starting Trey Murphy before the All-Star break. Like, that's legitimate floor spacing right there, and they swapped that out for Josh Richardson. And Jonas Valanciunas, too, is is he looks kind of banged up. He's not playing that well. So a lot of it is falling on on Brandon's and CJ's shoulders. 
they're taking a bunch of tough mid-range shots and they're not going down at the rate they did last year. The Herb Jones thing is so interesting to me because he last year, like when you know they got him in the second round, he made you know he got into the rotation pretty quickly, and then all last summer he was untouchable in those Kevin Durant uh, trade packages like that. Like and now it, it feels like people have kind of turned on him a little bit in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean the the Durant thing is interesting if you want to get into it. I mean, I think part of that is like I always wondered. And I don't know one way or the other, but did Durant, like, would he have wanted to come here at all? Well, you know? no, he wanted yeah. to go to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to go to Phoenix, but I think they would have felt like he has three years, four years or whatever left on his contract. And so they, I don't know. Yeah. That was the but, whole thing. I just, I was just, I was just kind of bringing that up more so from the standpoint of that's how high people were on Herb Jones going into the season. And now it seems like, I mean, he's like you said, he's still a great defender. He's, you know, he still has a lot of value on that end, but he's not really thought of now as kind of the foundational guy that they maybe thought they found out of nowhere in the second round at, you know, after last season. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, last year he was not a high volume three point shooter by any means, you know, taking a little more than a two per game, but he made it at, you know, 34%, right? He made just enough to where it was like, okay, if we completely ignore this guy, he can make one every once in a while. And, you know, that would open up some other things for him this year. I mean, he's just taken a step back. In, in terms of the uh, the outside shooting, I think he's at 28% this year. I mean, there have been three games in a row in the three games since the all-star break. Ingram has found them like wide open and he's just airballed the three. I mean, he just has, he just has no confidence in, in the shot right now. I mean, it's really messing with their spacing. I mean, it's, it's really tough right now. Like if you could make Herb Jones and Trey Murphy into one player, if you could mold them into one player, that would be like the perfect NBA role player. I mean, right now, both are good, you know, pretty good players, but Herb just is not giving you much at all on the offensive end. And, and Trey Murphy, you know, Willie Green doesn't trust him enough on defense to unleash him. Yeah, it's actually, when you, when you say you could combine them to make the perfect role player, it's kind of fun. It's kind of like, you know, it kind of reminds me of, I think somebody reminded me of this the other day that like back in the early on in the Lopez Twins' career, there was this thought that like, if you could just combine Brooks offense with Robin's defense, it would be like the greatest center of all time. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and then Robin and I mean, Brooke rather ended up just kind of becoming a defensive player of the year guy. But, but anyway, so what, what, what do you make of uh, CJ McCollum's season? Cause I mean, obviously he was great when he got traded there at the deadline and, you know, was a big part of why they made that unexpected playoff run this year. His numbers, I think, are lower than they have been really at most points in his career. His three-point numbers, his three-point shooting is way down. He's at 37.7% on the season, which is the lowest that it's been since. Uh, he's only been below 38 three times in his career, and one of them was in his rookie year. Is it, is it just like he has way more responsibility now with Zion being out? Is that kind of why that's dipped a little bit? Or like, what, like, what have you made of you know the way he's been this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the efficiency numbers have, have kind of consistently been lower this year than they have been throughout his career. I mean, he was sick a bunch early in the year. He had COVID. He had a like a flu-type thing that he missed time with. Um, it's it just, I mean, he got his footing a little bit, especially when, you know, they won in that seven-game winning streak and Zion was healthy. And, you know, since Zion went out, he he's just struggled a little bit. But it's been... I think a little bit underwhelming, but at the same time, like CJ has been, you know, like the the only of the New Orleans three stars to be in the lineup pretty consistently this year. 
play through stuff when he's banged up. I mean, Zion, he can't play with the hamstring. It's like, that's a pretty bad injury. And, and the re-aggravation was pretty serious. And I mean, it's going to cost, cost him most or even all of this stretch of, of games after the all-star break, but Brandon Ingram too. I mean, Brandon Ingram missed 29 games in a row with an injury. The team described as a left toe contusion. So I feel like people here are like, well, CJ is not having, you know, he, he's having a below average season by his standards, but he's at least played in the games. Like that's, that's kind of where people are at down here. He's played in the games and he's also had to do so much with how much other guys have been out. So Zion, there's, there's no real like timeline or when Zion's going to be back. Yeah, no, no timeline. It's, it's going to be a while. So that sucks. Cause when the thing that's kind of gets put under the radar now, but just because there's so much other stuff to talk about in the NBA right now is, you know, he misses all of last season. He comes back this year, and he's just as good as everybody thought he was going to be. He's he's like, you know, all-star starter, all-NBA level guy. Like, he is exactly what he was advertised as in the draft, you know, finally, now that he got healthy, and then he gets hurt again. I mean, that's that's the whole conundrum. He never plays, but when he does play, he's freaking amazing. And And I thought he got to a level this year where, I mean, I thought he was not just as good as he was pre-foot injury. I mean, I thought he was a little bit better. I mean, I think this was the best we've seen from Zion at the NBA level. I mean, offensively, like we all know what he does, you know, leads, leads the NBA in paint scoring when he's out there. Mm-hmm. Just you can't do like, anything with him at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it's insane, but I thought where he, you know, took some steps this year was we saw some of the like defensive, I guess, activity we saw at Duke. Right. I mean, at Duke, he was this guy who was like, he was creating a turnover, like every third possession or something like that. And, you know, they were this, transition mon- like monster team in transition and the Pelicans were kind of doing some of that like some of that defensive playmaking had come back a little bit I mean I I even wrote a thing when at the toward the end of that seven game winning streak I was like with this Zion and this team the Pelicans can be contenders which looks very foolish now but I really believed it at the time I was like this guy looks like he can be potentially be the best player in a team that makes the Western Conference finals you know they've got a pretty deep cast of role players and yeah, well, I mean, we know how that's aged. Not well, very well. <laughs> the thing is, I don't think that's foolish because with that Zion, they could be contenders. It's just that he then gets hurt again. And it, it sucks because this is the first going into this season. It was the first time that he really had, you know, from the beginning of the season to really just, you know, be totally, you know, locked in because so, you know, his rookie season, obviously misses the first like half of the season with the knee injury and then COVID hits after like two weeks of him actually playing. And then the deck, his second season was, you know, he, he was pretty good that year. He was an all-star, but like, that was also like the weird COVID season with, you know, the no fans and like that, that you kind of just throw out pretty much everything that happened in that season. And then last year he misses the whole season. And then this year, finally, you know, he gets the contract extension. He comes in, like there was obviously there was that whole, you know, and I, I'm sure you, know more about this than I do about how overblown that may or may not have been. But like, there was the whole, you know, obviously there was like the way they handled the injury last year with a foot where they were maybe not transparent about how they disclose it or how serious it was. And then there was that, you know, there were whole talking point of, Oh, is he going to sign the qualifying offer and leave? And then Nope. Signs the extension comes in. Seems like he's in shape, starts off the season the way that he does. And now it's finally like, okay, this is like finally all this outside stuff and all this distractions and all these injuries, all this other stuff. It looks like it's finally behind him. Now he's put it together and he is the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. And then just another setback. And now it, unfortunately it, it doesn't seem like he's going to be back 
I mean, do you think do you think he plays again this season? Yeah, I I think he will. Um, I mean, I think last season, you know, he wanted to play towards the end of the year, and the team basically held him out because they were worried that he would re-break the foot. You uh-huh. know, they were like, it is an absolute doomsday scenario if we let him back on the court and he re-breaks the foot this season. So they held him out. I mean, this is a little bit different. Um, I mean, I, I I think we probably see him on the floor again this year. Um, and, it, you know, it really has been a kind of a crazy 16 months for for Zion and the Pels and, and their relationship. I mean, you know, as, as you said, you know, before the start of last season, both Zion and Griff said, oh, yeah, he broke his foot, but he'll be ready for the start of this season. <laughs> and he missed all 82, right? I mean, you know, part of that just – him having a couple different setbacks, him just being too heavy, and that contributed to the bone healing, right. not as not in the way that it should. Um, and I think, honestly, I think like the relationship between Zion and the team was very strained. You know, around that time he was in Portland, kind of MIA. You know, that was that just think, because like they didn't agree about? Was it like a Spurs Kawhi thing where like they didn't agree about how he should approach his rehab? Was it kind of that, or was there other stuff with it too? Um, I think there was other stuff with it too. Um, but I, I think, you know, things changed when the Pelicans like looked competent without him. I think, you know, when they went, when they got CJ, that was huge, you know, like kind of an adult in the room and also a very good player. Um, and someone who has like made an effort to actually have a relationship with Zion and does have a good relationship with Zion. Like that was big, but like Zion saw, Oh, if I come back to this, like we can be good. Like there was, there was like, proof of concept right um and i think the relationship is much better now like i don't think that's that much of a concern but like the anxiety about him not signing extension for a while seemed real to me yeah that i mean i always and like what i heard and again you you were closer to this than i am i had always heard that kind of some of the stuff about like oh he wants to leave he wants to go to a big market he wants to be in new york a lot of that stuff it seems like was more coming from people around him and, you know, people in his circle than it maybe was him himself, whereas his mindset from a couple of people that I've talked to, and again, you've talked to more people around the organization than I have, but the couple of people I talked to said, Zion likes his coach, he likes his guys, he just wants to get back out there and play, he doesn't really care about all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's somewhat accurate. I mean, there's, like, there's just a lot of noise, or there has been a lot of noise um, from some of the people like around Zion, but I would say that that's accurate that there hasn't, you know, like been as much noise from, from Zion himself. I mean, Zion, like to me, he can be like engaging and gregarious on camera, but like, I think he's kind of naturally introverted. Like he even said, you know, like CJ went on TNT right after that trade and he was like, yeah, I haven't talked to Zion. Like I've tried to reach out to him and he hasn't hit me back. Like Zion said a couple months later, he's like, yeah, I just kind of keep to myself, you know, like he's, it's not really, I don't think his personality to like, I guess, communicate with his teammates all the time. And I think mm-hmm. that's something he's needed to get better at and has tried to get better at. Um, but yeah, he's like a lot of the the noise, I'll just say, was not coming directly from Zion himself. That's so interesting what you bring up about him seeming like this super, you know, outgoing, you know, big personality, but he's not actually like that. That's got to be kind of, difficult for somebody like him to navigate because when you are you know physically as talented as he is and you know he was at a huge you know a big name school in duke and he was like this high school you know highlight you know house of highlights superstar before he even got to duke and you know was the number one pick in the in the draft like 
you kind of you you have so many eyes on you. He's basically like it's not to the level of LeBron where like he was on the cover of SI when he was 16, but it's like he was like he's like the closest thing now to like that level of like he was a child star and he had all this attention on him before he ever played a game in the NBA and he was like the guy that teams spent two years you know preparing to try to draft and and then you know for him to not you know he hasn't taken the same approach to it that LeBron did where like LeBron was like embraced that he was in every commercial he was doing every single interview he was doing all this stuff early on in his career he wanted to be out there he wanted that part of it and Zion it seems like I mean he does seem like he has that personality somewhere in there but he also seems like he's like you know what I don't really want all of this and that's got to be kind of difficult for him to navigate especially then you also I I still also remember that uh that interview I think it was like was it like a a jumbotron segment or was it like a post-game interview where somebody like asked him like what his go-to meal was and he was like I don't want to answer this because they're gonna just start 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 talking about my weight again like that that's just got to be so like being just in that just relentless and I realize these guys get paid a lot of money to be in that type of spotlight but like for somebody like Zion who maybe is naturally introverted to have this sort of attention on him and why people want all of this out of him like that's got to be just kind of an interesting dynamic to observe every day.